Good morning. Take your Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, as we continue our teaching series called Peeled, which is a study of the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to catch you up a little bit, but before we do that, there's two things or three things I want to mention. First and foremost, I believe every person on this room, and even if you're engaging us online, if you walk on campus, call River Hills, your home, whatever, you need to be in a life group or some type of small group setting. And here's an easy way to do that. You can go to church at riverhills.com and click on get connected or you can text in a phrase here we'll try to throw that up on the screen really quick it's rh life groups to 55498 that's going to send you a link to fill out that's the easiest way but if you need paper and i'm a paper guy y'all with me on that i have a lot of things on amazon i have a lot of things on audible i have a lot of digital books but there's just something about holding paper y'all with me you can go outside in the foyer for you guys older than 40 to go out there and uh, there is someone will be at the desk out there to give you guys an actual paper brochure of all of our life groups. Does that sound good to everybody? So get connected. The second thing I want to mention is I love to hear people's stories. And I love John's story this morning. We're going to be reflecting back on that during our time together through the Word because I believe that his story as we deal with this topic of peace this morning is reflective of all of our lives. There's a difference between a peace with God and the peace of God. And many of us have a peace with God, but we're struggling to find that peace of God day in and day out. Third thing is this. How about them dogs? Let's keep going, all right? <laughs> We're going to get the lights on. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, chapter 22. Everything we've learned so far really boils down to three things. The first thing is this. The struggle is real. For us to live out the life that God calls us to live out, for us to follow him, for us to begin to walk in maturity and faith, many of us struggle with the fact that here's the deal. We struggle with the fact that, hey, this is hard, right? This is difficult. But we got to understand something. As we studied as an introduction to this passage, the struggle is real. There are two th fights going inside of us, if you know Jesus. The one is called of the world or of the flesh. And the thing is, none of us were born and had to learn how to do bad things. This just automatically came to us. Agreed? But here's the deal. Once Christ invades your life, you're captured into his presence, captured into his spirit. And the struggle between the two is real. While you will go to heaven... Those habits and the fact that you live on this planet tear us apart at times. And that's why we have to nurture our relationship with the Spirit. And that's what we talked about in part two of this series. We are called to produce fruit, and that's all Jesus, but also how much fruit produces on us. And so then we began to look at the different types of fruit or the virtues that God produces in our life. And we're basically dividing them up into triads. And you'll see this on the screen here. And I want you to notice this first triad. We'll call this Godward fruit. It's the fruit of love, joy, and peace. These are the things God produces in our life that are reflected back in the relationship we have with the Lord. Loving God most helps us love each other what? Best. Then this the joy it's the joy of experiencing what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Not happiness, because that's circumstantial, agreed? This is joy. This is joy in the midst of your worst grief, your biggest stress, and your greatest anxiety. There's joy to be found there. Not happiness, but joy. And this morning, we're going to tackle peace. These are all those Godward virtues. Then we're going to look at manward virtues starting next week. And those are the virtues of forbearance or patience, kindness, and goodness. The things we live out towards other people. 
Imagine that fruit of forbearance or patience and how if we were to apply that in the relationship with the families or those we work with or even the people that have road rage on 316, how that would change. And then we're going to deal with what happens internally. That self-word, if that's a word, fruit. The fruit that God's producing in the sense of faithfulness. And then we'll say the next part, faithfulness, gentleness, and then what? Self-control. Now, I want you to be mindful. This is the fruit of the Spirit, not of the fruit of human work. But the thing is, for us to see that fruit blossom and bloom and grow, God is going to do it, but we've got to do our part as well. He saves you. That's totally by grace. That's everything Jesus. And he's placed and planted in your life the greatest fruit-bearing tree of virtue that you could ever imagine. But our role in that it's to grow. It's to move forward. So this morning we're going to tackle peace. As we deal with that idea of peace, the idea of us having some form of peace is something that all of us chase. I read somewhere in, our st- in studying for this this week, it was basically if we were to take that triad of love, joy, and peace, love would be the foundation, joy would be the superstructure, but peace is the crown or the roof. And I think the thing that I get jealous of more than anything else with other people is when someone comes to me and they have so much peace and contentment in their life, I kind of like, I want that. Y'all been there before? Man, I love this. I mean, just to feel that, to experience that. Problem is I chase it and I run after it in directions that I shouldn't go. Peace is something we all yearn for. Peace is something that we all want. Peace is something that we're all chasing after. But here's the deal. Sometimes we're chasing after it in the most unbiblical of ways or in the most unbiblical places. Not necessarily bad, but unbiblical. We'll gather gather that up and put it in our pocket as we move forward through this text this morning. If you were to Google books on peace of mind, do you know how many pages would pop up? Like I quit at 20, okay? Okay. It goes on and on and on and on. One of my favorite cartoons with my kids is we were young, when they were younger, we would watch Kung Fu Panda. Any y'all ever seen Kung Fu Panda? Any, any skadoosh people here, you know what I'm talking about? Love it. But Master Shifu, who is a weasel or some kind of creature, um, he is the guy in charge, and he finds himself over and over again sitting next to a stream or sitting in the forest or sitting in, the, in, the, in some place going, inner peace, inner peace, inner peace, trying to find some, time, some place, some way that he can find some form of inner peace because everywhere he's looked and he's striving after, he can't find it. Is that you this morning? Just driving down the road, and it's like, man, I'd love to have some peace. Maybe you got toddlers and they're running around your house and you're, Lord, I'd love to have some peace and what? Quiet. Maybe you're all alone and the house is quiet, but there's no peace there as well. We're all looking for it. And I want you to understand something. Peace is not the absence of violence and conflict. That's not it. Every time we watch some kind of pageant on TV, it's like, what do you want more? I want what? World peace that's not it it's not the absence of violence one of my favorite places on the planet is Jekyll Island Georgia I love it 
It's a slow pace, but on the north end of the island, the island is beginning to erode away. And what they've done is the government has gone and put these huge boulders there so that when the waves come in and crash, they don't wash away the dirt. They hit these boulders. And I love sitting there when the tide is in, especially at night, and just watching the spray and the ocean hit those boulders. And I'm just like, this is peace, man. I'm at the beach. It's quiet. The spray and it's, it's going everywhere and it's beautiful. But guys, let me tell you something. There's no absence of conflict there because the environment is going boom, boom, boom over and over again. But yet there's peace. So what does it mean to experience inner or God's type of peace? What does that look like? How do we chase it? And how do we understand it? When we look at the word peace in the Bible... You have two words. One is a big Old Testament word called shalom. You've heard that before, right? Shalom means to have peace with God and with other people. And then we go into the New Testament, which was written in Greek. And the word that we see here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the word peace there is basically the word irene. Now, I know you're never going to look that up, but that's just for you in case you're on Bible Jeopardy one day. But the word means this, to be bound together. And I think it's important for us to understand something here. For us to experience peace, there is a binding together that happens because there is a peace with God so that you have the peace, what? Of God. So what does that look like? How do we experience it? Because the whole thing we're chasing this morning is to experience that fruit, to experience that virtue, and to have that peace, we have to have the peace with God in order to have the peace, what? of God so let's dig in we're gonna go back to Romans chapter 5 verse 1 we did this last week and I want you to notice what happens here because the first thing we got to understand is if we're gonna have the peace of God we've got to have the peace with God notice what happens Romans chapter 5 I know we dealt with this last week and here's the deal we could preach on these five verses in the first five verses of chapter 5 for like seven or eight weeks and never exhaust this truth just know that so it'll come back over and over again throughout the course of my ministry for sure. Notice what happens. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have what? Let's say that again. We have what? Peace. Now, peace with whom? Let's say it one more time because I want to make sure. You stayed up late watching Alabama get beat. Peace with whom? That's it. Now, I didn't say of. It says what? With. So important here. Once you know Jesus, biblically speaking, there has been a truce or a surrender on our part to have peace with God. So important for us to gather up here. Go back to what it says there. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, not your work, not your good deeds, not your attendance in church, not how law allowed you sing. One of the most heartbreaking things I hear and I don't know if you've thought this, felt this, or said this, is the idea of, of, of someone saying, well, I'm a pretty good guy. I got enough good things going on. I'm going to be okay. No, you're not. You got to have the peace with God. And the only way you can have peace with God, biblically speaking, is to be completely, hear this, and totally perfect. In the last survey I took, nobody's what? Perfect. So a substitution has to be made for you. 
Someone has to stand in our place of condemnation. Someone has to take the fall for us. And that's what Jesus does. Go back to that verse, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through whom? Our Lord Jesus Christ. He takes the punishment we deserve, and the ramification of that or the result or consequence of that is peace with what? God. You see how we tear that apart there? It's peace with God. And I want to communicate to you online or here, you need to understand the first step, and I love what John says in his testimony this morning, the first step is peace with God. Say yes to him. Say yes to Christ. Get that, get that settled. And if you don't know Jesus, we want to give you the opportunity to understand what it means to follow Jesus. We want to give you the opportunity to understand what it means to sit in that justification. I love part two there. Go to part two of chapter, chapter five, verse two. Through whom we have gained access to faith in this grace in which we now what? Stand. I love that, man. The idea, the word picture there is you're standing in it, much like you would stand in a swimming pool and go under the water for a moment. And you ever, as a kid, maybe go to the deep end of the pool and do your best to sit on the bottom of the pool and just sit there and go, mm, inner peace. That's about the only peace we can get, right? It's the peace with God because you stand in his grace. And we boast, and we learned this last week, in the hope of the glory of God, or we take joy in that. you got to have that peace. But here's the deal. Let's go back to John's testimony for a moment. And this is providential because he filmed this weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and I prepared this morning. I think it was a perfect illustration of where we're at. You can have a peace with God, but not experience the peace of God. You understand that, right? And that's the chase. That's the fight for the Christian. You can have a peace with God. You can have your salvation secure. You can be in a position to where you know I, we stand in that grace. For John, it was in 1971 at a youth evangelism event at Rehoboth Baptist Church, and he came to know Christ. At that moment, and for many of you, for me, it was Center Hill Baptist Church, not Center, S-I-N-N-E-R, it's Center. But it would be, it'd be a very applicable for me if you knew my past. But here's the deal. It was Center Hill Baptist Church sitting in the office of the interim pastor, Dr. Carlisle Driggers. And I just had to memorize John 3.16 from my Sunday school teacher. And he says, Chip, I want you to know something. And he was a very much an academic kind of gentleman scholar preacher. Y'all remember those guys there? He would wear the suit, but he'd have the best on too, you know? He came in. He said, I want to tell you something. He had one of those booming voices. The Bible says, for God so loved, and I said, I know this, the world. He says, yes, but that means chip. <laughs> and at that moment, for me, it was peace with God. But man, that was when I was like eight or nine. And for John, it was in 1971 as a student. For you, it may be at a vacation Bible school event. It may not have happened yet. But the deal is, the chase ever since then, for me personally, has to, be, has to be the chase for to have the peace of God with me. Is that you? How do I experience that? How do you experience that? Because it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And my, wife, my life feels like a roller coaster. So what we want to do for the rest of our time together this morning is to really dig in to what it means to have the peace of God. Jesus said this, John chapter 14, verse 27. He makes this statement. Peace I leave with you, the same word. I'm binding this together. 
Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives you. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now here's the problem. Because the struggle is real, because the problems are there, because the flesh is in you and me and we're in this world, we're looking for peace like we talked about last week in all the wrong places, right? So here's the thing. Jesus gives us something different. He also says this in chapter 16. If you move on to that, verse 33. Jesus, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you shall have what? Man, is that not true? Is that not reality? Even, I mean, look. Here's what's so important for you to understand. I'm going to bash something for a moment. And I've done it before. If anybody gets up and says, look, you just got to have faith. Everything's going to be fine. Once you know Jesus, everything's going to be perfect. You won't have any trouble. Bull. Following Christ is hard, man. Sacrifices are called to be made. Persistence is called to be taken up. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. Crosses are execution tables. I've told you things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart. I love that last part. I have overcome the world or the flesh. So how do we have the peace of God in our life? How do we experience that? Well, how do we get to that next level? And remember, that word peace means we're bound together. The with and the what? Of. How do we do that? So here's what I want to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to jump around scripture. Tip, tip, it's very atypical for what we do here at River Hills, but it's important for us to understand this. To experience this, and this is not exhaustive, Okay. This, we can go and you might come to me next week and say pastor I was reading scripture and I found this you're probably right but we only have 25 minutes okay so here's, here's, here's the th first thing we got to get here to help or encourage the peace of God we have to understand what it means to live the dependent life the dependent life what is that what is the dependent life on Christ Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 the Apostle Paul states this. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts since as members as one body, you were called to what? Peace. Now, what does this mean? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts means there has to be a place of dependence here. Notice that word rule. He's the Lord. He's the boss. And dependent means this, is that we're going to find ourselves in a position to where we live, and I love the word better, repentant life, but all my, all my points start with a D, so I want to put dependent. But the repentant life is that we're constantly moving forward. We find ourselves not in God's place for us, and we turn around and go the other direction. Make sense? And look, if you want to experience peace as a believer, repentance needs to be a daily practice. It's a moment-by-moment -moment practice is that we're depending upon the Lord. We see where we messed up. We ask for forgiveness, not necessarily of God, sometimes of the people we offend. We're moving in a Godward direction and we're dependent upon him because the peace of God means that he rules us. Get it? Next one is deeper life. We have to experience a deep life in Christ. So we move from dependent and we go to deep. What does that mean? So you don't sit in the shallow end of the pool all the time. And here's the deal. 
most, in my experience in 20-something years of ministry, most people who attend church and say they know Jesus have no problem saying, I messed up. Now, it's a pride thing for most of us. We might not say I messed up to someone we love, but we can pretty much say, hey, I've, I've messed up and I need to follow through and I need to repent, I need to do something. But here's the next step that many of us don't take, is we don't take a step into a deeper relationship with the Lord. Call it laziness, call it not being equipped, call it not thinking you can do it or you're not qualified but here's the deal do not spend your life in the shallow end go deep in your relationship with God God the Father God the Son God the Spirit I want you to think through this with me and this is just to illustrate what I mean by this when we grab hold the idea of the Trinity and how that really impacts our relationship with the Lord we understand that God the Father in Hebrews chapter 13 Chapter 20 is the father of all peace. Now may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of, of the sheep. Notice what it says. Now may the God of what? Peace. That's God the Father. But then he also talks about God the Son. The prince of what? Peace. It says this in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. I love this here. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And then it continues on in chapter 26, verse 3. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What? Prince of Peace. You get that? So God the Father is the origin of that peace. God the Son gives you that peace. And then God the Spirit, here's the deal. He's the comforter in that peace. He is the dwelling presence of that peace in your life. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 26 through 27. But the advocate or the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will spend in my name, will teach you all the things, remind you of everything I have said to you. And then Jesus was read this already. It says, peace I leave with you. That's that comfort. But the problem is, Many of us are so stuck in the shallow end because it feels like more effort than we want. And we don't move forward spiritually. And therefore, the peace of God is not in totality to where we would want to be. Y'all been there? Let me take you back to Jekyll Island, my, my peace place for a moment. It is not known for its beaches. It's known for not many people, and that's why I like to go there. But if you ever step out into the shallow end of the beach there in the ocean and stand there for more than just a few minutes, you'll notice that the sand turns to mud really quick. And if you stand there a little longer, you'll begin to sink in that mud, maybe up to your knees or further. It is gross. <laughs> and what was supposed to be a wonderful day on the beach is now you're caked in, in basically swamp mud all over your body. And that's disgusting. Can we just all agree on that? And let me be real with you guys. Many of you who know Jesus because you refuse to take steps into the deeper end are stuck in the mud, and it's gross. Yeah, you'll go to heaven, but you're not experiencing the deep life to experience the peace of God like he intended for you to be. So you have the dependent life. You have the deep life. The peace of God also is the disciplined life. It's the disciplined life. What does that mean? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Get this. 
The Apostle Paul writes this, and I love this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, that's easier said than done, right? Because one thing we're really good at is worry, right? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's the promise. Go to verse 7. The promise in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's go back to verse 6. Notice how this works out here. Do not be anxious about anything because you're wanting peace, right? But it takes discipline to experience that. We have dependent life. We have deeper life. We have disciplined life. And that's where, again, the rubber makes the road for the believer. So you want to grow in your faith in order to have that peace of God. And here's the deal. It says by prayer. What does that mean? That means spiritual devotion. That means praying. That means getting into the word. That's what spiritual devotion is. And then the idea of petition. What does that mean? That means urgency. Be very specific in your request. When you have an issue, cry out to the Lord. Problem is, when we have issues or 911 moments, many times we don't cry out to the Lord. We cry out to everything but the Lord. You been there? And then notice what it says, Thanksgiving. That's going to be my perspective. That if God says yes, no, or wait, we know that my perspective will be Thanksgiving because His good and His purposes are better than my needs. And I'm going to be fulfilled here. It's the disciplined life. Say, so I want to have that spiritual devotion. I'm going to turn to Jesus first. And I'm going to fight for the perspective that I need. So prayer and spiritual devotion. Then urgency. Seeking the Lord. Petition him. And then thanksgiving. I'm going to have that perspective. So what do we do with all this, and how do we tie this up in a neat little bow to move forward? Well, I want to give you three really simple, and all this has been practical this morning, so if we're going to boil it down to just the rue here this morning, here's your three steps I encourage you to take. First of all, be reconciled. Know who Jesus is. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And if you don't know Christ, either online or here, there's a couple ways I want to encourage you to do that. One, you can check the box on your connect card that says I need Jesus or two you can text in the phrase I need Jesus to 55498 second thing is this second thing is this be repentant be repentant it's like look there are issues in our life that we need to turn from agreed every one of us has those every one of us You're, you can't escape this I can't either but a lot of the reasons I don't feel peace is because man, I'm in a place where God doesn't want me or doing something God doesn't want me to do. And it's where we turn towards the Savior. The last one is this. Be ready. Well, what does this mean? Be ready. Be equipped to grow in your faith. We're going to finish with this. I want to challenge you to be here tonight for our two-by-two -two foundation seminar. It takes 45 minutes. And in 45 minutes, we're going to teach you to read your Bible. We're going to teach you to pray. Sound good? I want you to take, here's the deal. That's the thing. The disciplined life, the deeper life. This is the effort you're called, I'm called to take. And I want to challenge you to take 45 minutes out of your life to change it forever. Does that sound good? We're going to meet in this room for 45 minutes. Child care is available. We'll be here. We're going to give you an accountability partner. We're done. We're not going to have a follow-up seminar. This is it. We'll do it again in the future. But for 45 minutes, I want you to be here. You with me on that?
Guys, take the step necessary to experience the peace of God in all that you do. It starts with peace with God and grows into the peace of God. Y'all with me on that? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And God, in these moments, we're asking that you would change us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that you'd overwhelm us, that you would fill us, and that, God, that we would follow you. God, move in us. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for the hope we have in you. And I pray, Jesus, that in these moments as we attempt to seek your face and grow, that you would change us. Lord, we need to grow deeper. Lord, we need to be more disciplined. God, we need you in every aspect. And so, Father, we are praying, we are begging for you to work. Lord, you're invited into here, but you've been here all the time. So strengthen us and allow us to seek you in that. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us first. In Christ's name we pray, amen.